0: Every moment has infinite potential. Every new moment contains for you possibilities that you can't possibly imagine. Every day is a blank page that you could fill with the most beautiful drawings. Hello and welcome to episode 414 of Under the Cull of MS. That's a little John C. Parkins quote from Bucket ultimate spiritual way uh this is not a bucket friday episode really or anything like that it's just a what's going on thing (laughs) an update let you know what's happening why i haven't been around this week basically monday was my birthday wednesday was my wife's birthday and she ended up being able to get Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday off work. So we said screw it. We're just going to do some running around, have some fun. And just hang out and do some things around here. And I just figured what the hell. Let's just skip the podcast for a week. So, that's why I haven't been on for a while. I just need to do some thinking. I'm thinking about doing some major restructuring again. Thinking about maybe just dropping this episode, or not episode, podcast format. And go into the video version, which I get more attention through. And I'm not getting no feedback from the audio part of it. So even though we're in a variety of countries, got a variety of listeners and stuff, it would be good if anybody wanted to keep this format going to, to send me a comment to Kevin, Kevin, the duck pool at gmail.com. It's K E V I N T H E D U C K P O O L at gmail.com. Just let me know if you want, the audio format keep going it will but i ain't even with the video format if i do it this one route which i'm not really pleasantly happy with yet uh it's got great editing software and stuff through riverside i think it's called but it still takes forever to download So I'm almost thinking about either going the YouTube route or the Zoom route, but the YouTube route, I could do that, and it would be instantaneous, Uh, just live videos, recording stuff, and then if you get the audio version, you're missing out on so much. That sometimes the audio can be annoying to listen to if you don't have a... If you're not seeing what is being shown on the video. It can sometimes be annoying to listen to that part. For example, one of my fun podcasts that I listen to is the Harlan Highway. With Harlan Williams, the comedian. And he decided to stop doing his audio podcast and start doing the video versions to get more followers, also, and to open his podcast up to more people, hopefully. And he also still gets the audio versions that go out of his video podcast. And now listening to these. Because I still don't watch the video version of his. I still just do the audio version. But listening to him, it's like, yeah, you miss out on a lot of stuff that's happening. Which can suck. But. I don't know. I'm just playing around with some ideas right now. So until then, we'll probably keep going the way we were and just start throwing in a video one a few times a week just to try and get the video format adapted better. We'll have to see what happens. I will keep you informed with all that information and stuff. Uh, I can't stop yawning, just can't wake up today, it's one of those weeks, everything's kind of wonky, even though we're together, we didn't get much done around here, did a lot of running around. Took her to some places she wanted to go to. And didn't do no picture taking though. We took cameras out. We didn't go to no cemeteries this weekend. Didn't find anything cool like that. Uh, yesterday, when I was mowing the lawn, I watched a hawk come down into a tree, and hunt down something. It's like it was very interesting. I had to keep driving past, making sure it wasn't my cat that he was after. It was after. I've been enjoying the, sitting up on the hill, getting a little sketching in again, finally. Some artwork done. But I've been drawing up some plans for a possible studio. <laughs> that I'd like to build on the hill in my backyard. So I got this interesting little idea drawn up yesterday, this little C-shaped style building with a nice deck going off the top of the, or on the top of the hill, looking over. Basically from the top of my hill, you can see all the surrounding towns from a distance. And then I also got a nice big overview of about a I don't know, eighty to a hundred acres of farmers field that they got alfalfa growing in this year. Sometimes they put corn in there, which that would be annoying for a few weeks when it got fully growing. But I think if I built a little studio With a deck and a fire pit up on the hill. I'd have a cool place to hang out and do my podcasting and my drawing and painting and all that. All in one area. But we'll see. I'm sure it's going to, cost-wise, it'll probably be outrageous what I'm looking at. I also wanted to have a little second floor tower in the center of it. It's kind of a like lookout sky tower looking at the stars type dome area. But we'll see. See how much I and mean, all I need is the floors and the walls and ceilings all framed out and I can do all the drywall siding, all that crap. Just take my time with it. Let's see what, what they come up with price wise, I'm sure it'll be insane, especially in today's market, with all the inflation and everything going rampant, and their price hikes are insanely jumping all over the place, and people are taking advantage of everybody with excuses of wars and all this and yet it really doesn't affect the products and the items that are being affected and we got more problems with covid times with still having ships out on off of ports and not being able to unload products that are just going to shit sitting on the freighters and then, of course, you got countries arguing over this, that, and the other thing. So yeah, I said it. Many, 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 many shit back in the 80s when they were sending companies out of our country to save money or whatever by putting these companies in other countries. I don't know how it saves money with the shipping costs and all that. How we can't make it cheaper on our our turf than we can by shipping it overseas and then having the product shipped back to us. That's just, I don't know how they can figure all that. That makes no sense to me, but apparently that's the way the world's working now. So we can't do much about it. Even if we get a position in the government, we still can't do shit about it. Our opinion just doesn't matter. They don't care about the little guy, and they don't care about anybody but fill in their pockets and their backers' pockets. So, sadly, that's that's what we gotta deal with. We can't. The little guy just doesn't matter. Kind of like right now, we're dealing with more of this bullshit with weapons, mass shootings and all this crap going on. We just had, what was it, 19 kids and two teachers slaughtered. I mean, the person wrecked their vehicle. And you would think the cops would be all over that shit because that's all cops really do anymore is give out traffic tickets. And they should just be called traffic cops. That's all they do. And we got people every night Shooting someone. Running around, driving recklessly in vehicles. Injuring people, destroying property and all this shit. Cops are nowhere to be found. Cops can't find shit. We got cameras everywhere. We got cameras catching license plates. We got cameras on every street corner you can think of lately. I mean, between doorbell cameras and stuff. Security cameras and personal cameras. There are so many ways for these... Cops to do their job. I mean, there's just so much out there for them now. It's like the regular citizens are doing their jobs, and the regular citizens are still getting treated like shit by the cops. Uh, We got... this whole ordeal with the guy wrecking his vehicle. And then he grabs what, like a bag full of weapons and a long gun and just walks for a while till he gets to the school. No one's questioning it. No one's doing shit. Well, of course not. It's Texas. They don't give a shit. They're all running around with weapons all over the place. Yet when, me and a friend went to help his mom down in texas we forgot that we had the guns in the our rifles in the back window of our pickup truck back in the day we used to have a gun rack that mounted in the back window of your pickup truck and we grew up in the united states where everybody carried a gun. We all stupidly carried guns wherever we went. We always had a hunting seasons two weeks out of the year, but we still had our guns hanging on our rack the whole year round. Never made any sense really, but we did do with having lots of friends on farms and stuff like that. We were constantly out in the woods shooting guns, shooting trap, stuff like that. I was on all the trap leagues and, So, yeah, we carried a shotgun around or we took a rifle if we went up north. But we aren't running around with AR-15s, machine guns, all this shit that these kids are walking around with. And then the actual officials, they don't represent shit themselves. I mean, are you telling me a police officer can't have a pistol with what? 15 rounds, 14 in, in the clip, one in the chamber or whatever, 12 rounds, pistols that shoot rapidly enough for them. Are you telling me that the officers can't use a pistol? They have a pistol on them. They have a taser on them. They have a nightstick on them. They have... in Back in the day, they always had a shotgun center-mounted in the front seat and or a shotgun in the back seat. They had beanbag shotgun rounds. I don't know whatever happened to that. Non-lethal weaponry. We just... They are going to bring all this shit out. It's like, you want to give teachers a weapon... Give them something like that, something non-lethal that's going to knock it, knock the little bastards out. Give every teacher a taser, 25,000-volt uh, taser or whatever the hell. At least they got some type of defense that way, but do not give teachers guns. We don't need to use guns to fix the gun problem. And if you give teachers guns, then you got the opportunity for what? For children to get their hands on that gun and then they abuse or rape or kill people because of that shit. I mean, that's just stupidity. We don't need more guns brought into the classrooms. Give them something non-lethal. Give them tasers. Give them shit like that, but not more weaponry. Uh, We need to get away from this bullshit. And they're doing stupid things like $50 gas card for trading in a gun. You bring a gun to the cop shop and they'll give you a $50 gas card. They ran out of gas cards within the first couple hours. The last group that did this. And it's like, why would you even trade a gun in for $50 gas card? You can sell most guns for $200 on up. So even if the gun's in shit condition, why would you sit there and trade it for a fifty dollar gas card? Is beyond me. I'm guessing this is people that got their hands on other people's guns that didn't know anything about it, and they're bringing the guns in and trading them in for gas cards. But yeah, that's programs like that are just complete and sheer and utter ignorance being shown again. We have the politicians trying to explain why it took over an hour for the police to even get in position and do anything while this person sat in a school shooting people and hiding in a room. (laughs) I mean, there were so many signs given to the police ahead of time. They could have ended all this shit way before... He even got to the school part. They had, I believe, again, like always, a one or two day pre-warning that this person had some mental issues going on. They didn't do nothing about that. And all they care about is regulating the guns, getting more background checks, all this shit. But the people that are carrying half these weapons didn't get these weapons in a shot a gun shop they got them out of people's trunks they got them wherever handed down through generations i mean Christ I mean every family had weapons in the fifties sixties seventies that have been handed down through multiple generations and still around. And you walk into most houses, and there's a gun rack full of guns. Right. There's, I bet you go through and every, through every house in my neighborhood, and maybe two of them wouldn't have weaponry visibly showing in their house, but the rest of them, I'd say, yeah, they would. Yeah, it's a sad time. It's. We live in a world. That's one of the screwed up dimensions. (laughs) You talk about all this alternate dimension crap. It's like that's half the problem. It's like we are not we gotta be one of the shittier interdimensional planets or times or whatever you want to call it. It's just, we are messed up. Uh, but yeah, it, it really pissed me off watching these videos of all this shit showing the, the leading up to the capturing and killing of the shooter. But, uh, You see all these cops running around with automatic weaponry, these machine guns, and these cops are all fat, out of shape, not wearing uniforms. They may have a exposed bulletproof vest, but I see someone like that running down the street with a machine gun. I am not going to assume they're a police officer. Because they don't have nothing that says police on them. They just got some t-shirt with some sayings on it. And they're holding their machine gun rifle like they're in the military. Going to take down some (laughs) huge event. It's like those machine guns that they got to run around with themselves. Those really work better for them, huh? They couldn't survive with the pistol and the taser and get in to the school and take the guy person out. I don't understand that. I don't understand why the police are spending all this money on their own mass weaponry and larger weaponry and all this shit so, they basically got cop cars parked everywhere with machine guns sitting in the trunk that some criminal could come up, pop a trunk, and take the guns out themselves. <laughs> I mean, you should just have your pistol, your sidearm that's on you, and that should be good enough for you to do your job. You should not have to run around with machine guns. <laughs> This is fucking ridiculous looking. It looks like a a war zone when these cops show up to do anything. And then there's 50 cops and they still can't get their damn job done. But they're all running around happy talking to each other with their little machine guns on their, their front chest plates of their exposed <laughs> bulletproof vest. I mean... If someone wanted to shoot someone and they seen the exposed bulletproof vest, don't you think they'd shoot for the spots that aren't protected by the vest? (laughs) That's that's so stupid. That always bugged me why people wore vests on the outsides of their outfits. It's like, you really think that's protecting all your vital organs? It's not protecting your freaking brain. One bullet to the head, you're done. So, why the hell are you? I don't know. At least soldiers will wear a hard helmet on their head to help protect their skull, too. I don't know what ever happened to non-lethal. Shoot a person in the leg, take them down, arrest them. What happened to those days? Why is everything just point, shoot, kill? No questions. It's basically Judge Dredd times. It's the evil Judge Dredd that's controlling everything. That's doing things their way. But I do have a huge stack of comics sitting here. That <laughs> has built up from from the last week of not doing podcast so I was thinking I could finish off this segment and do another segment at least doing some comic reviews we didn't have our Crimson Call Comic Club last week so I got some comics from that to discuss so yeah, what the hell let's, let's do this starting out with Dracula, Bram Stoker Dracula, from Sterling and a Ben Caldwell cartoon comic, an all-action classic, number one, little small trade of classics, horror comics, For the Dead Travel Fast. English estate agent Jonathan Harker has gone to Transylvania to meet his new client, the eccentric Count Dracula. But in the Count's ruined castle, Harker uncovers an ancient, deathless evil. Now that evil has followed him to England to feed on the nation's teeming millions as they sleep for Dracula never sleeps. Doesn't he sleep during the day? I don't know. But yeah, if you've never heard of this before, this is apparently it, the main dracula Draculian source. <laughs> the source for the movies, the source for the books, and it's just Ram Stoker was apparently the main writer of Dracula back in the day. And there was a really shitty movie made because of it, <laughs> in my opinion. I did not care for the Dracula movie, but I never read Dracula. So that's the only depiction of Dracula I got. And I hated the movie so much, it was hard for me to even pay attention. It was like watching a Shakespeare flick (laughs) and I've seen it multiple times because my wife's obsessed with it and owns tons of the original Dracula books and stuff and has one of the largest vampire collections I've ever seen book-wise but um, this book made me actually enjoy Bram Stoker's Dracula. I like the characters depicted in here better. I didn't care for the characters on screen. That's why it just did not pull me in. Uh, This story actually taught me some things. I learned stuff from this. (laughs) Like looking at this book and it's like very well worn. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting look at the whole Draculian concept, Dracula concept. And it made it interesting and taught me some things. Finally, I learned some things that I wasn't willing to pay attention to in the past and i'm glad i did read it i was holding off on it for a bit debating on it and then i had a backup because i needed a palate cleanser after reading something shitty like that i figured i'd better have a good palate cleanser to work it out and instead i ended up liking this version of dracula and enjoying the getting some information i didn't have before but then I checked out Frankenstein, which I will talk about right after this because we are running out of time. So yeah, I'll be right back with what was my supposed to be my palate cleanser, Frankenstein. And you'll learn more about it in a second. Okay. We were Talking about Frankenstein. It just so happens to be Disney Frankenstein starring Donald Duck. <laughs> yes, it's by Dark Horse Comics. And that's why it was a palate cleanser. Because it was some something more comedic. This is a fun, interesting look at the whole Frankenstein. Theory. And I love this Franken-Duck character that was made from things like cardboard and stuff. Made him very light, pliable. Very interesting. And seeing how this Franken-Duck, Frankenstein character, sets out on his own and gets lost in society and then hunts back for his creator. but An electrifying adapter. Adaption of the classic novel by Mary Shelley, starring Donald Duck. Donald Duck is Dr. Victor von Duckenstein, a doctor with a talent for the art of creation. Drawing inspiration from old books of science, Victor finds the means to make his vision into a reality. Through countless experiments, he develops a breathing, living creature of monstrous appearance. With intentions unknown. What has Victor created and what does the creature want? You'll have to read the book to find out. But I like the way this creature was made and designed and what he turns out to be. That was very interesting. And you get to see the issues between Scrooge McDuck, oh, Uncle Scrooge, and Donald Duck, and the kids and all that stuff. And it's fun play on the whole storyline. I, I really enjoyed it. I suggest checking it out if you like the Frankenstein stuff. Or if you just like Donald Duck and things like that. It's a fun, fun book to follow up on. And it does have a little little thing in the back, uh basically explaining Mary Shelley and her concept of Frankenstein and all that, so you get a little information, a little knowledge, not about that type of thing in the back of the book, and then. We were able to get our hands on a couple more free comic books. They comics from 2022. And one that I believe is from 2021. But I don't remember if I read it or not. But the first one is Carriers. From Red 5 Comics. And it's also got a Bjorn story and a Dragon Whisperer story, story inside this one. It's a nice thick one. But With car- carriers, yeah, Fable, Cherry Bomb, Gladius, and the Dark Dove. Together they are the carriers, protecting the world from hidden threats and providing, proving they are more than just or- ordinary pigeons. Yeah, this is an interesting look at pigeons and, and their little superhero sides and seeing them deal with other pigeon groups and characters along the way, but it's like I'm not big on the whole animal style storylines, but this is more like the your ninja turtle style click of characters. But it was interesting. It was fun. I'd read more of that. And then with Dragon Whisper in volume one of Dragon Whisper In the world Galda, a world of airships, steam, and amazing creatures, Rosalinda, the dragon whisperer herself, had found the greatest of all the creatures, Obsidian the dragon, but his fate was uncertain. In Volume 2, we learn the history of this spectacular beast and his fate. Here is a sneak peek of the beginning of the life of a dragon. This was a fun story. But you get to see uh, a society of people that hunt dragons. And they're like after this carrot, this dragon so they can sell it. And yeah, see what they do along the way. And then the Bajorn, Bjorn... The littlest Viking saga, led by a mysterious map and seeking adventure, Bjorn finds himself on an island controlled by Mommy Smelg, a foul troll witch. When the witch sends a mysterious woman to lure Bjorn back to the cookpot, how will our hero avoid being tonight's main course? Will Bjorn be able to survive? this enchanting encounter or will this be one adventure too big for our little Viking? Yeah, it's an interesting story of a gal that's kind of cursed by witches and she's got to do their bidding. And the way she does it is by luring in little tasty morsels to the witch's cauldron. And (laughs) yeah, see what happens along the way. it was definitely an interesting, fun story. I would definitely check out some more Bjorn the littlest Viking out of the three stories in here. I think that's the one that I would definitely search for the other two. I can easily skip unless I come across them in a bargain bin or something in the future or actually a free bin for probably some of those. I don't really want to see a dragon be tortured not really big on the pigeon, pigeon pooping attacks. <laughs> and Then the next free comic book day one was Disney Masters. Walt Disney Donald Duck. In uh, this one you get Snore Losers which is a fun story between Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge both having dreams that end up making them do things because of their dreams and doctors helping them along the way and it's see what happens with it. You'll have to read these stories to find out. Then they also have here today gone Apollo, which I get revamped with all these stories because it's been a long time since I read these But yeah, in this storyline, you get a super goofy story watching Super Goof deal with uh, some puzzling events along the way. It happens to deal with ghosts and possibly like a mineshaft discovery, but it was a fun story. I suggest checking it out. And they have Donald and Feathery in Fall Guy when cousin Feathery barrels into trouble, it's Donald who ends up all wet. And that's basically it. It's like you got the cousin that's obsessed with going over the Niagara Falls and Donald trying this Donald and this owl guard naturalist, naturist. DNR type character are trying to stop him from going over to falls and lots of hilarity ensues along the way. And then the final story was the big bad wolf. Uh, has a story called family feud who has the most huff puff and bluff in the forest. And it's a fun look at the wolves trying to get the pigs the usual storyline. I don't know if they spend their whole life hunting these three little pigs. I figure they better go somewhere else and do some pig hunting. because <laughs> They spent a lot of time on these three little pigs and not getting nowhere. Now you got extra family members that you're dealing with. So, But yeah, that was fun. I stupidly didn't pick that up the first round. because I just wasn't really interested in it at the moment but then I did and I'm glad I did then the final one I believe this one was from 2021 it's only a matter of space time actually it might have even gone back further because it's uh, stamped copyrighted as 2019 and this is Jide and Petra are two normal human kids From planet Earth. But they're about to depart on an intergalactic journey. An adventure through space-time. And we get to see them dealing with an alien. Creature. And. We're getting to see. Their abilities. Their powers. What they can do. And why they're put on this. Uh this little jaunt through space and you'll have to read it to find out, but then they have a logistical mechanized neurobotic tool robot thing in the back that explains some types of robots. We got a grand Rapids, Michigan UFO story in the back that they got, quickly done written story by someone in their childhood. Then we get to learn more about the artists and writers, and we get another little teaser story in the back of this book, and it was very interesting. But, uh, yeah, they're basically two regular kids that get Pulled into an astronaut training program. Hoping to be chosen for a top secret mission on Mars. And you get to read it and find out what happens along the way. It was fun. And next up. We got. I'm to do a third segment today. Of <laughs> the way things are going. Uh, we have. The death of Doctor Strange. There's a Spider-Man number one. Comic that I picked out. Ben Riley has the proportional speed, strength, and agility of a spider, adhesive fingertips and toes, and a unique precognitive awareness of danger called spider sense. He is a clone of Peter Parker, and like Peter, Ben knows that with great power there must also come great responsibility. After a disastrous battle, Put Peter into a coma, Ben, with the backing of the Beyond Corporation, took on the mantle of the crime-fighting superhero called Spider-Man. Previously, Dr. Stephen Strange was Earth's Sorcerer Supreme, a title granted to one of those skills in the mystic arts are greater than any other being. And with that... Came the responsibility to preserve a magic barrier around the earth that warded off other dimensional threats. But now, Doctor Strange has been mysteriously murdered, and that barrier has fallen. Yeah, we got Spider-Man, oh Ben, Spider-Ben, taking over for Doctor Strange and doing some of his chores and He left in case something happened to him. He figured he could rely on Spidey to take care of it for him. So he sets up this little thing. Ben just happens to take on the task. Along with him, we got the black cat joining up and helping him out. It's fun watching those two hanging out together. I'm not big on the whole Ben Spidey but I could get into it. I I could get into this going further with this. And if you look at it, the layout list for the death of Dr. Strange checklist, you have death of Dr. Strange, number one, and then number two, and then death of Dr. Strange Avengers, number one, and strange Academy presents the death of Dr. Strange, number one, then the death of Dr. Strange, number three, then, Death of Doctor Strange, Spider Man, number one. The Death of Doctor Strange, White Fox, number one. The Death of Doctor Strange, Blade, number one. Death of Doctor Strange, X Men, Black Knight, number one. And then, Death of Doctor Strange, number four. And then, Death of Doctor Strange, Bloodstone, number one. And then, finishing it off with Death of Doctor Strange, number five and these will finish they finished off printing in january of 2022 so you can get your hands on these if you want to follow that basis storyline but the next one was the white wolf ami han is descended from komiho mystical korean shape-shifting fox spirits after her mother was murdered Ami forged her own path fighting injustice as a member of Tiger Division and the Agents of Atlas. Ami is the snow-clad hunter with the fury of white whipping wind and claws of icy hail. She is the last of her kind. She is the white fox. This is my first introduction to this character. I believe. I I really liked her. Uh, she's fa- 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 foxy. Foxy fun. All kinds of fun. Uh, you get the manga style feel to her. With the storyline and everything. But it's very interesting. Learning about her childhood. And her background. And her family's history. And then what representation this has to do with Dr. Strange and everything going on in that storyline. That was a lot of fun. I, I really like this character. I want to know more about what she is, what she's from and all that stuff. So I'll have to find out more in the future. And then the last one that I read from that group was The Death of Dr. Strange, Blade, number one. Born half-vampire, Eric Brooks has all of a vampire's strengths and none of its weaknesses. Determined to rid the world of the creatures that killed his mother, he became Blade the Daywalker, a ruthless vampire hunter a member of the Avengers, and now the Sheriff of the New Vampire Nation. Yeah, he's, uh, working for Dracula. <laughs> so you get to see what's up with all that. I mean, Blade's hanging out with the vampires, hanging out with Drac. Still hates everybody, and has his threats out there. How he's gonna fix things if he has to down the road, but I liked it. It was an enjoyable story to get me caught up on everything with that. And now I just got to get all the filler stuff and then reread the whole storyline all together. Then next up, we got Peach Momoko, Demon Days, Mariko, number one. I have read, I believe, the second and fourth story, maybe. And this is like the first and third story. So it gets me caught up and gets the whole story figured out for me. But I do have to put them all together and read them all together one time eventually. But welcome to the world filled with demons and spirits, monsters and magic. This is the Marvel Universe like you've never seen it before. This is Demon Days. Mariko. The Yashida Saga Part 1. It's fun. We get to see Mariko and her family. And what's up with. Her interesting little demon ass. (laughs) And some other characters that come along. During her childhood. Train her. Teach her things. And then. Find out more about her and her mother and her sister and what's going on with that warped family along the way. But yeah, definitely gave me more, gave me the information I was looking for to pop off this story. And then we also checked out Peach Fumoko's Demon Days Rising Storm number one to get the rest of it. And in this storyline, we get to learn more about the demons in their lore, and the couple interesting characters, one that's kind of like a Thor-like, there are a couple god characters, the little girl and the Thor character, that are both gods in their own way and you get to see how how things go when they first meet up with Mariko and whether or not they work together if they're going to be able to do deal with each other or if they're just going to clash constantly and you get to find out a lot more even more information about the whole family and their issues and what's going on with this storyline. So yeah, I suggest checking it out. Then we found in some bargain bins, we got some more dollar comics at a half price bookstore. Uh, This is Emily and the Strangers breaking the record. Number one of three by dark horse comics I was hoping it would be some missing material I'm, I'm needing for the other three sets of three issues of (laughs) Emily comics that I have one issue from each set. Now this is another set. I believe that now I have one issue from, but there's a certain cat problem going on and the band's got to deal with the person wanting to sign them and get them set up and what's going on with her winning the guitar and the band winning the contest and all that. Gets us deeper into that storyline and I'm hoping I can find out more eventually down the road and get the missing comics so I can maybe complete at least one storyline. Then we got Harley Quinn, number 29. By DC Comics, of course. This one I didn't realize was all bent and destroyed and creased as shit. Otherwise I went to pick it up. But it was enjoyable reading the storyline. We get to find out someone of Harley's interest and someone who's interested in Harley and stalking her and what's going on with Ivy and all that in here. Well uh, Harley Fools around with her, her special other person in her life. She just keeps having all these things, but she's also, at the same time, working on running for a government position, and you can see how well that works out. It's just, yeah, good old Harley, Harley antics and Harley fun. Oh yeah, Nice House on the Lake, number eight. I'm hoping this ends at number nine. (laughs) I'm kind of burnt out on this story, but we're getting further into the world of what's up with the alien being and how he's dealing with, the entities that he supposedly saved and protected picked from life to be the people that he would save and give a whole new world to. And we find out a little more about what's up with them building structures and how much of the territory they've even tapped into so far sounds like there's still a ton of land that they have yet to go into. So I'm kind of curious where it's going to take us. And then next up, we got Serenity Firefly Class 03-K64. Number one by Dark Horse Comics. Leafs in the Wind. The galaxy still reels from the Unification War in which the Alliance cemented their dominance, crushing the browncoat resistance, deep in the blackest of space, a Firefly-class vessel named Serenity shuttles between planets, taking odd jobs, legal and otherwise. The captain of the ship, Malcolm Reynolds, the first mate, Zoe Washburn, remained browncoats at heart, dodging bounty hunters, and making friends and enemies throughout the verse. Among Serenity's crew is Dr. Simon Tam, who rescued his genius sister River from Alliance experience, experiments and found refuge on Serenity. River, prized and feared by the Alliance for her psychic abilities, was pursued res- relentlessly across the verse, In their fight to elude the Alliance, Mal, Reynolds, and his crew revealed that the Reavers, an interstellar breed of cannibal pirates, were the result of another Alliance experiment. In a bloody last stand, Mal broadcast this revelation to the verse, proving it to the operative sent to kill River. As the Outlaw crew tried to cope with the loss of two of their own, the Alliance and the Rebels both asked, where is Serenity? And yeah, you got a bunch of people trying to hunt down Serenity and Mal and all the characters while we're getting little flashbacks of what's happened since everything came to a... Head in the past with all the other storylines. It's a nice little starter story to get you tapped back into the Serenity. Serenity world of characters. Next up, we got Silver Surfer Rebirth with with an awesome Spider-Man, Silver Surfer character cover. Celebrating 60 years of Spider-Man. This is by Marvel Comics. It's number four. And in this one, we meet up with some other Silver Surfers. There's four other Silver Surfer characters that the Silver Surfer of this timeline has to deal with. And while we're dealing with this, we uh, also still have the entity that's coming after... certain beings, and Thanos and Silver Surfer are trying to take care of this issue, and along the way they have to deal with these surfers, and the surfer of course doesn't want to harm other surfers, and Thanos doesn't give a shit, so he'll do whatever. But, yeah, that's it was enjoyable. I like where that storyline's going, and I'm going to stick... Stick with it. And we checked out step by bloody step number two. I figured I want more of this damn story. I got the thing. A girl wakes. She has no memories. No name. No language. Nothing. Except a giant. And it's... Gives you... More of the story. And of course some art and stuff in the back. But we learn... Not too much. We get more information on what's going on. They're kind of like the robot creature and the little girl are kind of like stuck in between some things that are happening and they're trying to get themselves out of there and away from it all. Just go back to being on their own, but they're searching for something and we're seeing things that are kind of giving us little hints to what this is all about. yet, not really, so, um, I don't know if I'll go any further with it, but, it was an interesting storyline, and, well, yeah, what the heck, we're just gonna, no, yeah, yeah, we'll end it there, no, I'll come back for the last couple, I'll do one more round yet, I'll be right back after this okay, we had two more left, so I figured what the hell I'm just finish off this pile, so I can start fresh next week if I get back to normal. We have tiny titans number forty four the crosswalk of doom. This is a fun story. Dealing with a few of the tiny titans. And how they're dealing with what they think is a Doom Robot style crosswalk character. And they find try and find a different way home to avoid it. And find out what happens when they take the different route home. And lots of fun. Ensues with the little tiny titans characters throughout this one, as fun as usual. But it was in the dollar bin, and it's definitely should have been a twenty-five cent bin. Should know better than to buy comics from a bookstore. <laughs> but then I did get this one: United States vs. Murder Incorporated. And it's like, I bought it just because I seen Bendis and Oming. Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Oming. On the cover, I didn't even think about Takisoma being part of this one. This is number one. I don't know where this is going. What this is all based on. What the storyline comes from. But, I really enjoyed it. Um, It looks like this is all part of the Jinx World comic line. But, it's like we get... get to find out about these characters that have a basis, kind of like kick-ass feel to this.
1: Because
0: you get a girl whose family's been attacked, and her uncle works with her on helping her out, and we get to see what her future's gonna be like, what she's gonna deal with in the future, what her family what she finds out about her family's history in the past. It was a very interesting look at that style of storyline. I could really see getting into this. This is something I would not have grabbed. Just the cover and everything, I don't see why this would have drawn me in except for it was in the bargain bin bin, and I seen Bendis on the cover. So I'm like, yeah, what the hell might as well check it out for that price. And I did. (laughs) So some things are worth it. Some things aren't Uh, Couple of comics, I, got, I wish I would have looked at better if I would have known they were that destroyed. I would not have bought them, but I uh, do have some fun ones coming up. Picked up some more Richie Riches and some Harvey comics, uh, just a variety of different I think I got some new, more Punisher storylines and stuff we'll be talking about in the near future. But I do want to get the video formats going so I can show off the comics while I'm talking about them, too. It's nice to be able to show off certain pictures and stuff while you're doing it. Other than that, this week I did try and check out Chippendale, the movie. I made it about 10 minutes into it. Before I started wandering around. Doing other stuff. Kept it playing in the background. For. 20 to 30 minutes. Beyond that. And I just couldn't take it anymore. It's just. The whole animation. Characters being able to. Adapt over to 3D versions. Of themselves. Seeing what all these different characters. Are doing and stuff. It's just. They did not do good with that movie at all. The voice work terrible. They should have chose a lot of the characters should have been chose differently (laughs) by who they were going to use for them. Uh, Even Seth, what is it, Seth? uh, Seth Rogen the stoner from Freaks and Geeks and all that stuff self proclaimed stoner I don't know that guy always did annoy me somewhat but then you see him in this like miniature Viking form and he's just freaky when he opens his mouth it's like yeah. definitely Seth but yeah I I just could not get into that movie at all I just I tried I wanted to like it I liked Chippendale in the past make their little Chippendale reference in the beginning and stuff play with the little teasers but yeah I just could not get into it it's like the wife started vegging on Million Dollar Listing again. That's... The show actually cracks me up. and Pulls me in when I watch it. Uh, I don't think that we found anything else really good. Just getting caught up on our basic shows that have a couple new episodes like Bob's Burgers. The... Finished off Lego Masters season two. I got some other shows I can't think of right now at the moment that are starting up too. Now, today was uh, the release of episode one of Obi Wan Kenobi Story, so I'm looking forward to watching that tonight. Probably wait till the Wife goes to bed and I will watch it while shitheads out playing and outside all night. I usually got a few hours. I got to kill all he's playing, but yeah, it's. I think that's all we really did. Check out lately. I'm gonna go to the Bob's Burger, Bob Bob's Burgers movie. On Memorial Day, the wife wants to go since she has that day off. So we'll go check it out. A couple friends are going to the Top Gun movie today, which I would have gladly went. But I got a, someone that called, a family friend that called last night. and They want us to do a fish fry thing with them today. So, I'm going to take care of all that after this. Get ready and then take care of that stuff. But, I guess, while well, I'm thinking out to see if there's anything else I'm forgetting to talk about. Uh, I did get rid of game Xbox Game Pass. I think I got it till the 6th of the month of June. Until it goes away. I'm playing a little further on. Uh, the Marvel Avengers game. But it's getting. I like the storyline enough. When it started out. And granted I'm playing the story version. The first first part of the game. I could play the. Multi-person. Gaming. Versions and all that shit, but I'm just focusing on the main story right now, and it's all Kamala Khan. I mean, Christ, there's hours upon hours of video footage of her storyline and all the crap that's going on with her, and I can't skip past it, and I just want to play the game, play the characters, and it makes me almost miss the old Marvel-style games gameplay where you'd have you'd pick which character you wanted to play with and then you could swap out your characters in the danger room whenever you wanted to in the x-men games and stuff like that but this one is just focusing on this kamala character we're not getting nowhere right it's just the story is so long it's like come on guys i'm falling asleep i want to play the game i don't want to watch a movie if i wanted to watch a movie i'd put a movie in let me play the game. So hopefully it'll pick up a little bit here. I'm going to play it a little bit more. Trying and get into Subnautica below zero, the second one. It's way harder than the first one. There are creatures everywhere I go, everywhere I try and find something new. I end up being surrounded by these big-ass creatures trying to eat me. These big sea serpents and stuff. So I got to watch out with all that crap. I got rid of Breath Edge. I'm downloading Yakuza 3, 4, and 5. I wanted to check those out if I can get them to download before my time runs out. i playing Fallout 76 a little bit here and there each night if the cat gets in. Before 11, I'll at least get an hour's of- of gameplay each night on one of those games. I don't really get to them during the day at all, so I need to have my gaming TV upstairs. It would work better for me. But I just don't have no room up there at the moment. Uh, can't think of any other games that I was really, I mean, man eater, I played a little more with the, or your great white shark eating people that are fishing, hunting you down. The more people you eat, the more people they that start hunting you. they did have a Pac-Man museum, come out with a bunch of different Pac-Man games that I got on my download list. Hopefully I'll get that downloaded before before I lose the Game Pass, because I go for a on some late-night Pac-Man adventures. Other than that, I got rid of all the other games, except for Yoko's Island Express, where you're that little bug with the nut, and you're cruising around your little world. And, but that's an Xbox Gold game, so that'll always be in my files, but can only play it when I have the Xbox Gold available. But yeah, it looks like that's the only ones I really got going on anymore that I'm going to check out before Game Pass leaves. Uh, unless something else new pops up before, between now and then, that, that's on their new release stuff that interests me. I'd like to check out Zombie Army 4 and... Some other games, but they're all games that I'll definitely buy when they're cheap enough and I can get them with my Microsoft cash. So I get them for free. So I'll just wait till then. But yeah, it's Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 remastered. There's a new update for No Man's Sky, which I'm guessing is this giant Leviathan update. So I'm like, yeah, no problem. Getting rid of Game Pass is not a problem right now because... I can veg out on some No Man's Sky. I haven't done that in a while. Check out all the add-ons that came through with that lately. And then it's like Marvel Avengers I want to play, but it's queued up for another download again, so I probably won't even get to play it again because that download will be waiting forever. And then State of Decay 2 had another update download, so they must have more stuff coming. So that's another one I can play once I get rid of Game Pass. I've been looking forward to vegging back on that with all the new updates and add-ons they have. So, we will just have to see what happens. Let's see here. Yeah. We're just going to end it with some fun facts. See if we got any goodies in here. And then we'll end it for now. Let's see, the Egyptians were one of the first people ever to play the game of baseball. They held batting contests using clubs and balls. That's 5,000 years before anyone had even heard of Dave Kingman. Now you know who Dave Kingman is. The Belgians invented french fried potatoes. No, they didn't. <laughs> A scientist in California has invented a most unusual product called Enverite. It can be made into bricks, tiles, and other materials for building and is cheap and easy to work with. It's lightweight and fireproof, and it doesn't smell. But the best news about Enverite is what it's made of. Enverite is created by baking together Broken glass and animal manure. Enverite is not only a good product, it's also heaping help also helping clean up America. Hmm. I want a house built of poop and glass. (laughs) Uh, That's one way to recycle, I guess. You'd think you'd have to deal with maggots and stuff though. Even with bacon the poop. Alright, they did it first. In 1833, Oberlin College in Ohio became the first American college to allow women students. Later, it also became the first U.S. college to accept black students and treat them the same as white students. Hmm. During the American Civil War in 1862, a famous battle took place between two iron-covered warships called the Monitor and the Merrimack. Many people believe it was the first sea battle ever for an iron-covered ship. Actually, the first iron-covered warship was built in 1592. It was designed by Admiral Yi. Soon Sin, of Korea, called the Turtle Ship. It fought very well against much larger, but not iron-covered, Japanese ships. Even back in the 1500s, Korea was just set on destroying everybody. Today it is not surprising to hear of a doctor operating on a sick person's heart. But the first open-heart operation was done in Chicago in 1893. The doctor was a surgeon named Daniel Hale Williams. I think if you looked at it relatively deep enough, you could say that maybe the Aztecs did the first (laughs) open-heart surgery. You know, the old Aztec thing where they stick their hand through your chest, rip out your heart. <laughs> all right. I don't know why I was clicked on that. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I can't. My head's all foggy headed. I got so much shit in my mine that I got to get done. I got really got to get this place. Basically the videos I took of trying to work on my podcasting area is about as far as I got. So I could start up new videos for all that and keep working on that. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. Hopefully things will get back to normal for now and I'll just eventually... Work things in as we go and add new things. We'll see what happens. Or I'll just give up all together and restructure everything. <laughs> Who knows? But it would be helpful to get some feedback. So rate, review, tell a friend, subscribe. Send your questions and comments to kevintheduckpool at gmail.com. I'll definitely mention you. I'll get back to you, whatever. I just haven't found anywhere where I have any stuff posted or set up. I got to go out. Still gonna have to go on all the different podcasting platforms and see what they say. But for now, we're gonna leave it there. Maybe take a walk up the hill. In between doing all this other stuff, just to take a break to get away for a second and then get back to the whole fish fry thing. And if you ever want to make your own fish fry, maybe you can go to the grocery store and get your hand on some Mize breading, am I yes? Get the Mize breading, and I prefer. Like a Miller Lite beer. Some type of light beer is what I like using, but the Miller Lite I think works the best. And I'll just dump some Miller Lite in there. Probably about, I'd say, 75% light beer and or regular beer whatever you want and if you want the darker taste of the beer you go with the thicker beers whatever whatever trips your trigger you can use whatever you want but i'd say three quarters beer to one quarter water mix it in with your maize breading have a bowl of just the maize breading and then a bowl Of the. uh, Mize breading. Mixed with the beer and the water. All whisked up. Then you just. Roll it in the. Flour breading. And then roll it. Then dip it in the beer batter. And then throw it in your 350 fryer. For. Three to five minutes. Depending on what you like. Just look for that golden brown. Crust. And your crispiness and you're good to go. It just depends on what size and type of fish you're using. if you're using like a tilapia or something or a bluegill or anything like that. Well, actually tilapia you can use with this breading. I'd say probably about three minutes. But if you're going to do like a bluegill or a sunfish or a perch style. Well, perch you can use this breading for. Perch and walleye and stuff, but if you go for the smaller fish, the sunfish, the bluegill or anything like that, I'd do an egg wash where you just basically uh, scramble some eggs with a little bit of milk in there and then just roll them in the mize breading, the flour, not the breading, not the beer batter, in the flour the maize flour, just roll it around in there, and then dip it in the egg wash and throw it in the fryer, deep fryer. You get a nice crust to it that way, an egg egg wash style crust. Uh, Or am I doing that backwards now that I think? No, that's the way we did it. I always ran it through there, and then the egg wash, and then fryer. Yeah. You can do either type of those, depending on the type of fish you got. The bigger, thicker fish, I'd go with the beer batter. The thinner, smaller, I'd go egg wash. But then you can also add, if you want, salt and pepper and stuff to your eggs. Egg wash part of it if you need to. Yeah. And then you also got the baked haddock. You can take your cod or your haddock or whatever, put in a bowl, a glass dish with water, I'd say half to three quarters of the way up the fish. And I cut a little tabs of butter and set it on the fish to let it melt over the fish and into the water. I sprinkle a little paprika on top of the fish. I'll add a little... Garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, a little lemon juice. That's how I like to make mine. If you're going with a salmon style fish, I like to cook it skin side down on a pan. You can either do it on a pizza pan. I got a well-seasoned pizza pan that I use for my fish and stuff like that. Or you can fry it in a pan to get it started. A fry pan on top of the stove and then throw it in the oven. Just make sure your handles aren't something, material that's gonna melt in the oven. <clears throat> but all I do with my salmon, skin side down, Don't have to flip it. Just cook it. It'll get that white oozy stuff on top and you'll see it start to turn color a little bit. And I'll sprinkle sea salt on the pan before I put the fish in it with the olive oil, a little bit of olive oil on the pan. And then I'll put a little sea salt and cracked black pepper on top of it and I usually just go dill. I like to taste the dill on my salmon. Dill seasoning on top. A little squirt of lemon around the whole thing when I throw it in the oven. When I'm frying it, I don't add the lemon in it. I wait till I put it in the oven. And I'll put a squirt of lemon all the way around the fish and throw it in the oven. Until you start to see that white foamy stuff coming out of the fish. And get it to the texture that you like. I like it where it just starts to flake apart. Then I'll sit there and peel the skin off it. Put the skin back on the pan opposite. I'll flip the skin. Put it back on the fry pan and back in the oven for a little bit. Just to crispy up the skin because I like to eat the skin as is. Or crisp it up or break it up and throw it on a salad or something like that. But Yeah. Salmon, tuna, stuff like that—you could cook that way. But we'll end it there, I guess. That was a little bit of everything, a little bit of makeup for being gone for a week. Sorry if anybody missed me, missed me, but I just once Monday was already half over, and I'm like, I ain't gonna get my Madman pot in. I'm like, screw it, let's just take a week off. Let's just have some fun. So, we did. Now we're back. Hopefully we'll stay back. We'll get back to you with more information. Coming out soon. Be good. Talk at you later. Have fun. Rate. Review. Subscribe. Send a message. I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Let me know you're alive. Tell me. Tell me. You're out there somewhere. Goodbye.